0: Welcome to the Legacy Coder Podcast, episode zero. Introduction to the show and the host. Welcome to Legacy Coder Podcast. My name is Stefan Macke, and this is episode zero of the Legacy Coder Podcast. So why would anyone record episode zero of a podcast? Well, this episode is meant to introduce you to the topic, to the main goal of this podcast and also to introduce myself because why would you want to listen to me talking for half an hour if you don't know anything about me? So what's my context? What uh, problems do I deal with on a daily basis? What programming languages do I use in my day job? And long story short, what's my professional background? What makes me suitable for talking about legacy code or legacy applications? Well, for starters, I've been working with legacy code for about 13 years now. I started working As a professional coder in 2003, when I uh, started my professional studies of uh, business computer science. And from the very first day at Alte Oldenburger Krankenversicherung, a health insurance company in northern Germany, I had to work with Adabas and Natural. Adabas, of course, the famous database by Software AG and Natural, the programming language of choice for writing line of business applications with adabase i was barely 21 years old when i had to listen to my very first adabase and natural course uh, in darmstadt um, i was uh, yeah i was just starting off my my studies and um, I, I took the one week lesson the introduction to adabase and natural and since then i've been working with adabase and natural and uh, i've been through. Yeah, the ups and downs, let's call it that. I started off with the good old Natural Editor. We worked on Solaris back then. Right now we work on uh, SUSE Linux, but back then we were on Solaris and I had to program in the Natural Editor directly on the server. We then switched over to Natural Studio for Windows, where we also first introduced working with some source code repository. We used Subversion back then, and after that we switched over to Nutclips by Innerwake, an Eclipse-based IDE for working with Natural, and also switched over to Git for versioning. And just a few weeks ago we switched over to Natural One again. We tried it a few years ago, but it didn't fit our needs back then. And uh, since then we've been watching the development of Natural One. And yeah, just a few weeks ago we finally switched over. So we're back on track. We're using software AG products for working with Natural. And also for our whole development environment now. So although I'm not really that old yet I've uh, worked with natural on the natural editor with uh, natural studio and nutclips and natural one so lots of different IDEs, lots of different programming yeah ways to program uh, without a repository a server based repository a distributed versioning control so I've been through many different scenarios for working with natural code and Alter Oldenburger's main natural database application is called Versis, which is a German abbreviation for Versicherungsinformationssystem, a very long German word, and it translates to insurance information system. So it's the basic system for managing all our insurance clients and all their claims and contracts and all that stuff. So to be short, it's the software our business makes money with. It's definitely a mission-critical system, and it's in production since 1997, I guess. So a few weeks ago, we celebrated Versus's 20th birthday, and um, I guess that Versus will also be around for the next few years to come because, yeah, our main business logic is written in Natural on top of A Database, and Versus runs our company let's call it that right now we're working on versus with about 20 software developers from age i think the youngest right now is 18 up to about uh, in the mid 50s so we have a whole range of developers working on the software and we have about 19000 module 19 thousand, not ninety thousand, yeah, but I think it's uh, still quite a lot, almost twenty thousand modules, and we have about six million lines of code. So. I guess you could call Versus a quite complex legacy application. And that's what this podcast will be about. I'm going to talk about working with legacy software and modernizing the development process for developing this legacy code. Because many of the mission-critical systems that are still out there, for example COBOL and ABAP and NATURAL and all the systems that run on these platforms will definitely have to be maintained in the next years because the companies simply rely on them to work. They have been around for many years and they are not that easy to replace, for example, by a big migration to SAP. The business logic is very individually programmed for the company and it's pretty hard to extract all that logic and put it into another system for example on top of Java or .NET or what other fancy new technology is out there however these old legacy systems do have to open up for new developments for example our Versus application definitely needs to open up for our customers because they want for example to uh, send us their doctor's invoices via an App, a mobile app. So, how do I connect a 20 year old legacy application with something like a mobile app? It's not that easy, but we definitely have to do that to be open for new requirements. These young people out there, they definitely want to use their mobile phones. So, it's our job as developers of these legacy code bases to be able to integrate these old applications into a new service-oriented world and open up the application to calls from the outside, for example via soap services or rest services or whatever new technology comes next. And this is exactly what I do on a daily basis. I'm working as a software architect at Alte Oldenburger Krankenversicherung and my day job is to make sure that Versus opens up to the outside world in my day job i maintain our web methods integration server our enterprise service bus which we bought for exactly this reason we wanted to be able to call into natural and database from the outside for example from a java application and that's exactly what um, the integration with our mobile app looks like there's a java-based service calling into natural and database and they both communicate via a rest interface so it's a very very modern architecture and uh, the Java world doesn't know that on the other side there's this old legacy application talking to it. So over the last few years I spent lots of time on integrating the outside world with our versus application we wrote a service interface for example for our natural modules we um, implemented a unit testing framework for our services and we integrated many different systems with our central versus application and by doing that i think i learned quite a lot about integrating a legacy platform into a modern service oriented architecture and that's what i want to talk to you about in this podcast but in addition to that i also want to talk about modernizing developing legacy applications because if you work with natural well it's okay you can integrate it into a modern architecture but the way you work with natural also matters for example if you still work on the mainframe editor where there's no copy paste no code highlighting and all that stuff I'm pretty sure that your developer base will shrink in the long run because you simply won't find any new developers anymore that are willing to work in such an environment and over the last years we at Al- Walter Oldenburger modernized our whole development process for natural right now a few weeks ago as I mentioned earlier we switched over to natural one and we're working on an eclipse based IDE we use git for versioning we have Jenkins for continuous integration and even continuous deployment right into production from a single push on the command line. And I think this modern development infrastructure is one reason why Alter Oldenbauer not only finds but also retains young development talent. Our youngest natural developer ever, who took the lesson in Frankfurt, the one week natural one lesson, was 17 when he took the course. And he's still with us, of course, and I hope he will be with us for the years to come. I know quite a lot about retaining young talent because another one of my roles at Alte Oldenburger is uh, teaching and training our new hires and especially our new apprentices. If you don't know it, in Germany there's yeah this thing called Ausbildung which roughly translates to apprenticeship. It uh, normally takes three years and these young people, they work in a company where they are taught the um, their, their daily business they they learn programming and they work in projects and yeah they 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 learn all the stuff that's needed to be able to work in the company after this Ausbildung and uh, during these 3 years they also visit a school where they are taught uh, all the theory behind programming so this system is uh, pretty well known worldwide for creating very well trained new employees for companies. And my job at Alte Oldenburger is training these young talents and providing them with all the knowledge and the tools and the skills they need to succeed in the workplace and to be able to work as a programmer. In 2003 I did this Ausbildung myself in addition to uh, my studies in computer science. And when I finished that with my bachelor's degree, I also studied in Nuremberg in Germany and I graduated with a master's degree in engineering from the university there. And right after I finished my master's thesis in Nuremberg, I was asked by my former professor in my hometown, where I did my bachelor's degree, if I would like to teach some students at their programming and software engineering course and of course i said yes so right now i've been teaching yeah many different subjects uh, programming software engineering databases information management and uh, some additional courses at the local university where i graduated myself So I have quite a bit of experience teaching others, teaching young people how to program, how to write software. And I use many different languages for that in my day job. Of course I use natural, but all the apprentices at Alte Oldenburger also learn another object-oriented language, in our case Java, Java. Some time ago, we also tried PHP and Ruby and C Sharp and many different languages. So I'm not only focused on natural, but on many different platforms. And I think that's a strength, because I was able to transfer many of the ideas and the tools from other platforms to natural. For example, in my own master's thesis, I extended a unit test framework for natural that one of my colleagues wrote in just a few days and with this framework we are now able to write unit tests as you would do it in java you can run them from within eclipse with just a single click on a button and the development process for natural looks more or less the same as our java development process my single biggest natural project that i worked on over the last few years was a migration of our sister company which is also an insurance company and we had to migrate their insurance system from oracle and java to adabas and natural I'm not sure if there are any more companies out there who would do that. But uh, in 2012, we successfully migrated all their data to Adabas and Natural. So right now, Versys works with two clients, our company Alta Oldenburger and our sister company 2. And of course, there were lots of technical questions we had to answer to um, be able to do that. For example, there are um, different business rules in the two companies and we had to separate the data into different databases. And there were lots of different requirements, but we managed to do that with just a single code base. So the two clients are completely served from one code base, but the data resides in two separate database databases so as you can see or hear we did quite a few things over the last few years regarding Adabas and natural and i talked about all that stuff on many different occasions for example i gave a few talks at our local user group in Germany for Adabas and Natural, but I also talked at the international natural user group. And I was also invited to talk at Innovation World and Innovation Tour by Software AG. So we're pretty open and we like to share our experience with the rest of the world. And that's one reason why I started this podcast, because I thought that I could reach yeah a bigger audience with this format and i don't have to tell all these stories over and over again because from now on i'll be able to simply point to these podcast episodes where all the people can listen to the stories all right i'll finish this episode with a bit of information about my personal life i'm married and i have two dogs In my spare time I really like taking photos and I listen to quite a lot of music. And this audio format is not my first podcast because I also run a German podcast for over two years now with over 110 episodes and the topic of this podcast is software engineering and programming what else and i'm talking about this apprenticeship that i mentioned earlier and um, especially about the final exam and how young apprentices can train for this exam and can prepare for the final tests and how other companies can make sure that their apprentices also have a really good experience during their three year long training. And I'm also pretty active in the local software development community. In my hometown I started a user group for many different programming languages where all the developers, and there are not that many where I live, uh, come together and talk about their jobs and their experiences and tools and all that stuff. And for the last two years, I also organized a conference for our user group where we listen to talks about programming languages and new technologies and yeah, all that's of interest for developers in our region. Okay, now it's time to wrap up. I think I've told enough about my personal life and professional life already and it's time to start the real podcast. And um I hope that you come back for episode one, where I'll be talking about unit testing with natural. So I'll start this podcast with something that's very dear to my heart. As I mentioned earlier, I wrote my master's thesis about test-driven development and I developed NetUnit, our unit testing framework for natural as part of the thesis. So I definitely have to start this podcast with the topic of test-driven development and unit testing in natural. If you would like to get in touch with me, feel free to contact me on any platform that you can find me. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Xing, on LinkedIn, on Instagram. You can find me almost anywhere. Just search for my name or simply go to the website legacycoder.com where you can find the show notes for this episode. And if you want to jump to the show notes directly... Just enter legacycoder.com slash zero, the number zero, and you'll be taken directly to the show notes for this episode. And if you really like the podcast, I would love to get feedback from you. Please send me an email or write me a comment on the show notes page, or that would be best, write a review in iTunes, for example. Just give me a review and write a comment in in iTunes, in Stitcher, wherever you find this podcast, I would really like to get feedback from you because you are the one that I'm recording this podcast for. So if I can do anything better, please drop me a note. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, in Stitcher, in whatever podcast app that you use to listen to this podcast so that you get every new episode directly downloaded to your iphone android phone or whatever device you're using all right that's all for today thank you for listening and until next time on the legacy coder podcast bye